thank you everyone for being here in the hall this morning and just responding to that cry of my heart. Please be here. This is such a key moment in the life of grace. And for those of you that are online, welcome, welcome, welcome. I just pray you can sense the spirit that is present here. We've just had such a wonderful morning praying before the service started and just breaking bread together and praying and worshiping. And, and we just invite the Holy Spirit to stay with us as we continue on this morning. So I've called this Living on the Edge, and it's basically an introduction. So as disciples of Jesus, I believe we are living on the edge. And so on the edge of what? On the edge of the final inbreaking of the kingdom of God, on the edge between this world and the next. It's such a precious and precarious place to be, living on the edge. Most of us are comfortable imagining the Jesus of the Gospels, the man who was fully God and yet fully human, who came to earth over 2,000 years ago to save us from our sins so we could come into the very presence of God. Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sins. He came to bring us into the very presence of God with when we live in our sin, we cannot come. As he hung on the cross for our sins to die, Matthew tells us in chapter 27 and verse 51, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. We sang about that, didn't we? That curtain closed off the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt. And only the high priest could enter the presence, and then only once a year. This opening of the curtain, or unveiling, revealed the presence of the Lord to all who would follow Jesus. So we might need to stretch our imaginations a little bit more now, because we can all imagine, hopefully, Jesus, the man who came to earth who walked amongst us. But are we as comfortable imagining the risen Lord? What does he look like? In the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus pulls back the curtain and unveils himself to John and to us. And he manifests himself in all his glory. As John was in the spirit on the Lord's day, that's today, he heard a voice behind him and he says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. That's from the Revelation chapter 1 and verse 12. He turned and he saw the risen Jesus standing in the middle of his churches. And Jesus knows where each one is at and what each one is going through. And to each of the churches, he says, I know. I know your hard work. I know your faithfulness. I know your struggles. 
I know your fears. I know your pain. I know what is happening in and among you. And then he proceeds to tell each church what they must do. He is as present to us here and now as he was to John in that revelation. He's standing in the middle of us. Do you remember Cliff's picture last Sunday of Jesus in the middle of grace? But a Jesus standing next to each and every one of us. Jesus was preparing our hearts for what he has for us today. And thank you for those who have been praying into this and in expectation of this morning. Thank you. Marty has had a dream which she shared with me. And I have shared it with the leaders. We feel this is from the Lord. And Jesus our risen, reigning, majestic, and merciful Savior is standing now, here, in the middle of Grace Vineyard, speaking to us. We have asked Marty to share with the church what she dreamt, so that we can receive it, weigh it up, and see how it aligns with the prophetic words and pictures Jesus has given to us. And then, what are we going to do with it? So I really want you to use your imaginations now. As Marty brings this dream. A dream God has given her. Especially for us. Use your imagination as you listen and maybe ask yourself these two questions. What leaps out at me? And maybe what puzzles me? So Marty, would you come up so I can pray for you? And then you can share. Father God, thank you for Marty. Thank you for her love for you. Thank you for a life surrendered to you. A hunger in her heart for all that you have. Not just for her, but for grace as well. Thank you, Lord, for her willingness to come and share the dream that you have given her. And Lord, would you be with her as she shares so that she can speak what you have placed on her heart. And we are so open and ready to receive it. So, Marty, just bring what God has given you and thank you. I think this is working. It's working? Yeah. Okay. Um, the dream. So the dream I've been given. A page in the Bible that Jesus has touched and there has been stained with blood and the leather strand from the whip they flogged Jesus with is stuck down on the same page. 
We were stood as an army, shoulder to shoulder, in a grid-like figure, and they were shouting for us to move to the right, to make way, or a path on the left in a, in a church room. And then someone at the front was shouting, make way. So I believed the interpretation. Um, God spoke to me. Um, is this. Scourging was illegal preliminary to every room in execution. According to the law, it was the very beginning, the first step in the execution of Jesus. Jesus' blood is life. Jesus is life himself, and he's, he touches the Bible. The letters are no, no longer just letters, but life itself for us. Flogging and bloodshed, the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega, suffering and deliver, deliverance from it. The soldiers, they're the children of Jesus, the church, therefore his own body. Here on earth, this body experiences pain as the whip struck the back of Jesus. We stand in a grid-like figure. Together we are fighting shoulder to shoulder for each other. We fight in prayer and ministry. But let us not forget to make way for Jesus. We must not fight in our own strength. Jesus has already won every battle. Make way for him, the great king. And the shouting voice is powerful, loud enough for all to hear and full of wisdom. Who is it? It's not important. It's someone trusted at the front who is closer to the battlefield and can see up front what is happening and advise the body. Thank you, Marty. Do you want me to go up? Marty, thank you. There's a lot in there, a lot to absorb, a lot to take in. Maybe just take a moment at your tables to see what you sense the Lord is saying, and then won't you share with the people at your table? And I have put some paper out and pen if someone would like to, to write down something. And what we are going to ask is could someone from each table then just come and share the main points that you felt at your table were coming out. And, and if there's something that you think is just really personal to you, make sure you've made a note of it somewhere on your phone. And um, for those of you that are online, please, please don't just turn off now. Um, won't, won't you wait on the Lord? And if it's something special for you, please, please make a note of it and, and hang on to it and pray it through. If you think it's something for grace, won't you send it through in an email to the church so that we can weigh up what God is saying because we feel this is a really key moment in the life of grace, which is why we entreated you to be here at this time to share, to partake, and to, to bring the word. So we're going to give you some time to, to ponder, to share, to make some notes, and then... Um, we're going to ask you if you wouldn't mind coming and sharing. We'll do it um, on the microphone so that we've got it recorded. And as leaders and as a church, we can weigh up and see what God is leading us to. So let's go. 
Um, I'll just start off in feedback from, from our group. I couldn't write fast enough. But I think the main thing that came through was this idea that we are standing shoulder to shoulder, that we are so close together that we're touching. And there was just almost a breakdown in tears and, and the passion for the people who aren't here. Because if we're not standing shoulder to shoulder, if you're not here, then how can we fight together? How can we work together? How can we, we stand in the attacks of the enemy? We have to be here. We have to be together. We have to be shoulder to shoulder, standing there, supporting one another. It was just so, so, so important, this, this fact that we're, we're the army. And Satan doesn't want us together. He'll do anything he can to isolate us, to distract us, to cause us not to be here, to get us on our own. And you know in the animal kingdom... Um, the animal that's the weakest is just left behind. The herd moves on, and they're the ones that can be killed. And um, we don't want that for anybody, so it's just a passion to be together. And then um, just the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. Um, someone came out with the phrase, the first cut is the deepest, and it was just that that cut that that hurt him, that cut him, that he bled for us, that picture of the blood and the whip on the on the Bible. Um, I don't think any of us will ever look at the Bible again and think it's just a book of words and something I have to read because I'm a Christian. But to see that blood, that's what he did for us to make his word come alive because there's life in the blood. And um, we, we just need to know the word. We need to remember, remember, remember the sacrifice he made for us, that he died for us, and we need to remember that. And someone felt that um, sometimes in the vineyard we can't speak for other churches, that we've almost watered down the power and the might and the majesty of God and into something a bit more friendly and, and easier to get along with. And that's wonderful that he is our father, that he is our friend, that we have this close relationship with him. But we never want to forget the almighty, magnificent, all-powerful God. And um, this has kind of shocked us into that reality. So I think I've summed up something. Who's, who'd like to come next? Be quick because we, we haven't got time. This isn't time to be polite. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. So, um, for us, that, that picture of, again, the blood and the whip and Jesus' hand on the Bible was very powerful. And the fact that Jesus died, I mean, it ties in with what Tracy said. You know, Jesus would have died for any one of us, or just one of us. And those images of Jesus' back being whipped, uh, and the marks on him, and the blood, what he went through for us was very powerful. Um, the other thing we were saying was that what's important is that we don't do things in our own strength. You know, that comes out so powerfully that, you know, so often, you know, we're all gifted. We can all do things. We're all trained in whatever we're trained in. Um, and so it's so easy to do things in what we can do. But the picture we had at the beginning about soaring rather than jumping from branch to branch there was a picture at the beginning about two birds. Well, you actually saw it physically, didn't you? And there was one bird that was just jumping from branch to branch. But there was another bird that was soaring high in the air, being lifted by the thermals. 
And there's that passage in the Bible, isn't there? You'll run and not get weary. You'll walk and not faint. You will mount up with wings like eagles. But it will only do that if the Holy Spirit is driving us. He's blowing us forward. He's lifting us. So don't do things in our own strength. Only do it in Jesus' strength. Thanks, Mark. I was a bit uh, distracted because I was looking after Isaac when Marcy was actually bringing it. Uh, but I think the, the overwhelming thing from our table was that we want to have more time to think about it. I'll read out, and I'll, I'll give, obviously give it to the church, what we've written down. Um, we've got, I'll just read it. Uh, gridline formation links uh, to one-chain prophecies. We're thinking about prophecies that we've already been given. Uh, standing as an army uh, and us being like soldiers, uh, taking it outside of the church building. And I think, let, let us not forget to make way for Jesus. We must not fight in our own strength. In our... Sorry, I can't read the writing. Something about difficulties, we must keep Jesus as the central strength. And someone up front, someone trusted like a leader who's been appointed up front. We must never make way... We must never forget to make way for Jesus. Yes, make way Jesus is a key thing. My own... The, the only thing that I feel is like Mark was saying that I feel that we there's this bit of, about us being in a grid together we mustn't get set in our old ways you know God's worked that way before we must we must be prepared for Jesus to do new things and trust the leaders if they're telling us to do something that we haven't done before Um, a lot of it is what's already been said. Um, make way for Jesus was important. Uh, we, need, uh, we need to shout. And do we sometimes get in the way and do it in our own strength? Uh, we thought it was all biblical, which is good. Um, we were reminded of um, Abraham's covenant um, in Genesis 15.10, where... The, and the animals were, put, were cut in half and, and Jesus walked, or God walked through them, comparing it to what, the, what Jesus suffered on the cross, because it was a, a picture of the same thing. Um, the army is the body of Christ, and we wrestle in prayer to accomplish God's purpose. Um, the one shouting is important, even though maybe you thought it wasn't. Um, they can see ahead... And they're the one that God's going to use. So that I think that person who understands that is important. It, we, it might not be. The... Yeah. Yeah. It's the one God uses. At that time. Yeah. Yeah, no, no it's the one God uses. You may wonder why we're, we're together, because our church is a corporate thing, and each one teaches one. So we all got different strengths, 
So there's certain things you're going to say, Sean, then I'm going to say certain things afterwards. Yeah, okay. So um, normally I wouldn't be up here, but we're doing it together. <laughs> um, so each one teach one. We all learn from each other, like Brian just said. Um, today, Brian saw someone outside um, and went up and said hello um, and then brought them in here and then other people spoke to them. Um, we were just talking on our table about how we all have different gifts and uh, Brian was bold enough to go up to that person and have a conversation and bring them in here and then other people made them feel welcome and use their gifts to um, yeah, encourage that person in Christ, I guess. Um, the one, that we, one thing that we really spoke about was the um, wedding dress um, example that yeah. Brian is about to talk about because there's nothing else really on here because everyone else has said everything else. So making way for Jesus, shoulder to shoulder we stand. Um, but this example that Brian said was really good. Yeah, I was just saying that sometimes we get um, caught up in the worldly and um, we don't realize the importance of Jesus Christ every day. In our lives. In the, um, I was listening to something the other day. It says, would a bridesmaid on the day forget, her, if she got a wedding dress and went to church, would she just go to church to get married or would she go back and get a wedding dress? It's the same thing when you go to work or you're doing something and you forget um, to read something from the Bible or say a prayer, um, the emphasis is go back and focus on God. Um, God always comes first in our lives. So always remember the bride's, um, bride's dress, Ingram. You won't forget um, to wear your um, dress to, church, uh, sorry, to your wedding. So why forget about your prayer to God in the morning? It's the same emphasis and more, even so. Yeah, so that reminded us that, of that verse about putting on the armor of God before you go out. Okay. Applause, please. <laughs> Where do we find you? Thank you so much. This isn't the end. This is obviously something we need to weigh up and consider. Um, just to encourage all of you that we have a prayer breakfast on Saturday morning, and we certainly will be focusing... It's okay. Thank you, darling. We certainly will be focusing on Saturday morning on this word... And, and waiting on God and seeing what else he has to say to us. We just felt as leaders this was such an important word. There's a man in the vineyard. His name is Kevin McStay. He's in Carlisle. He's actually a medical doctor, but he moves amazingly in the prophetic. And he's done a number of podcasts and messages on the prophetic, on dreams and on visions, which um, we can give you the information if you would like to join in. Kevin is really incredible, and so I asked Marty's permission, and she gave it, and so I sent the little synopsis of what she'd written for me up to Kevin and said, would you mind waiting on the Lord and if reflecting on this, and if you have anything that you would like to say to us as a church, would you give it to us? And he so honored that, and he sent through a message. So um, Mark's going to turn to PowerPoint, whatever that means, and um, you're going to get Kevin's message now. So it is a message, and it's also in the form of a prayer. So let's just prayerfully accept what he is saying. You might like to add it to your notes or to whatever's on your heart, and then we will be doing more of this.
on Saturday. Thank you, Jill and Mark, for the dream that you sent through. Um, a wonderful dream. So it's a parable. Uh, there's a couple of scenes in it. You know, first one about the page in the Bible, the second one about the army. So you know, like many parables, there's a setting and then a result. You know, God showing us a, a way forward, you know, what to be pressing into. We're looking for the God things that we want to pull out and magnify. We're looking for enemy things that we want to clock so that we can pray against them or call out the heavenly opposite um, against the enemy. And then we're looking for the human man issues, the heart issues that perhaps God wants to deal with in our lives. In terms of who it's about, I gather from the dreamer this feels like it's about the church, Grace Purley. So that's who it's about. Then we've got these great symbols going on. A page in the Bible sounds like a specific page, a specific message in this time. And then you've got the blood, blood of Jesus and sacrifice of Christ, what he's done for us. And the second scene, army, you know, the army of Christ, the body of Christ, shoulder to shoulder. There's then they were shouting. And I'm assuming that they are goodies. They sound like the goodies. They'll be the angelic figures that are assigned towards us, giving us instruction and command. You know, that's what the angelic figures do. They are the, the messengers, you know, who do his bidding. So if we were to pray through this. Oh, sorry, there's the bit about make way. I missed that here. So the shouting make way. So they're, they're giving those commands. That's right. And if we were to pray through this, I'd be praying something like, so thank you, Father, for this specific message that you've called us to in this time. You have a word for us. You want to speak to us. You want to direct us. You want to guide us. You want to take us forward into the next thing that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that there is the touch of Jesus on this word. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done to accomplish the power and resurrection of the cross and all that you've done for this very moment through the cross. Thank you for the likes of Isaiah 53 and the sufferings that you have gone through for us. Lord, I thank you for the likes of um Romans 5, that not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So, Father, be changing us through this word, changing us by what you have done. Just like Paul prays in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. We want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So, so Father, reveal this specific word in this time that we might be changed by what you've done, Lord Jesus, that we might become that army, that people in relationship, that we are in relationship like, like a body, like Ephesians 4, those different elements of the body joined together. Thank you that we are shoulder to shoulder, like the Roman army, like the army walking together. So Father, show us relationship 
in this time. Lord, help us to hear and respond to the angelic messengers, just like Psalm 120, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding. Lord, you have all the angelic forces assigned to us for everything you've called us to be. And we want to respond to your commands. We want to make way, Lord. We want to be able to prepare the way of the Lord and to make way for whatever you want us to be able to respond to in this time. We want to be able to move to the right. We want to be able to move to the left. We want to be people who prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. So Holy Spirit, we want to be a people who recognize your specific word to us in this time who relate to once more the sufferings of Christ and how they are changing us to be more like Jesus, just like Romans 5, 3. And that as a result, Lord, we will be joined together as your army in relationship, shoulder to shoulder, understanding and growing in that relationship and responding to your angelic commands, the angels of heaven assigned to us. For Father, you're doing something in our hearts to make way and prepare for the way of the Lord to come through. So, Father, change our hearts to be a people making way and preparing for your hearts to come in us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope that's helpful, Jill and Mark. Um, yep. So I'd be, I might, if it was me, I'd be reading through sufferings of Christ, uh, looking to be changed by that talking about being one around that, um, that we're responding to the heavenlies, the angels who are assigned to us. And, you know, Ephesians 3.10, so that his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, and that God wants to make a way in our hearts for him to come through, to do things in Grace Purley, but perhaps it's London or Perhaps it's part of what God is doing in the nation and the nations. Bless you. Praying for you. Just a huge thank you to Kevin for that wisdom. Um, just incredible. Obviously, we, we can't do everything and sum this up and put a tick next to it and move on. So it will be on the website. Please, please do listen to it again to pray it through. Do make your hearts open to make the way and, and let's build on our relationships by being there on Saturday morning for the prayer time so that we can take this further and hear what the angelic beings are saying to us, the messengers, and then we can act on these things. And, and do look in Isaiah for the suffering servant and read through that because I think this is a key message that's coming out. So... Um, Thank you, everybody, for your participation.